Good morning. Got lost, stuck, writing, uh, looking at my notes there, and that, that two-minute timer flies by. Good morning. Welcome to Gospel Pursuit Podcast. Let me just finish my coffee off. Get that out of the way. Don't have to think about it anymore. Um, I do have a glass of water, though, just in case, you know. I'd like to introduce you to my um, fish. The light's not on, I don't think. Let's see. No, don't know if it's in the light on right now. But my fish chunk is a survivor. He's actual actually um a brutal murderer. See if you're listening to this on, on, on podcast, um you obviously won't see this, so go subscribe. YouTube videos, um galore. I should really try and put the link up there, but it's the same channel, Gospel Pursuits. Um just search for Gospel Pursuits on YouTube, and of course Facebook, um, and of course we're on Twitter as well. Right. Um yes, chunk. We got given five fish. We now have one fish. We managed to boot out the rest. One committed uh, suicide within the first week who realized that uh, Chunk was the boss. And then a few others went and uh, went down the, the, the watery grave, unfortunately. But uh, we've got Chunk left. That's my name for him because he is just the fattest fish of the bunch and basically ate the other ones out of house and home. And they seriously left. But I just thought I'd introduce him today. Um, we're looking a bit dark on the screen today, aren't we? Let me have a look. See if I can fix this uh, live. Dude, dude, dude. I'm I'm just chilling today. If you've noticed, um, trying to just kind of uh, brighten up your day. Is that a bit better? I think that's better. Ha! Ah, you can see me now. Anyways, well. Let's carry on. We are con- 
on a mini series. I, I I always seem to call them series. I'm not sure if they are really series. They don't really stick at things long enough um, on this broadcast. I don't think. Sometimes I do it for a whole week. I think the I think I did prosperity for two weeks. So I want to get back to ne- next week. I'd like to do prosperity, but then I don't know if I will because God's kind of given me a uh, a message from the book of Ephesians. Uh, I was writing notes, I've got 10, 11 points on that, and I'd like to get to that. Um, I might do a special broadcast on a different day, maybe. <laughs> maybe Monday, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we, we've we been doing, well, we did a, a a message yesterday called Obey the Bible, and it got quite heated. I was quite passionate about that one, because I think for me, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's one of those broadcasts, I think. I need to have some comments to interact with to uh, to um, welcome people on or something. Focus my attention. Share the broadcast. Uh, follow on Instagram. Instagram kind of gets a summary of all this stuff, uh, pictures and things like that. Um, I, I enjoy Instagram. When you get a hold of me, contact me on there. That's probably a really good way of doing it. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, yesterday we were talking about Obey the Bible. And uh, I was being quite uh, strong on what I was saying, because realistically, we live in a world at the moment um, that really is just hobbledygook, gobbledygook, blah, blah, blah. It's it's just noise. Um, and the Church of Jesus Christ is, has got to be careful that it doesn't kind of jump into this idea of noise. You know, we sometimes our praise and worship just becomes noise. Sometimes our teaching just becomes noise. It's just information, overload, everything, so much that we've got to remember to stay very clearly connected to what the Word of God says. Oh, the washing machine's on. Um, this has been a random broadcast today. I hope... I hope uh, if you if you are listening for the first in the first five minutes on the podcast, you might want to skip a few, a few minutes. Um, <coughs> but when we get away from um, the Word of God, and when we kind of start producing and following the, what the world's doing, um, I don't want to say that, but uh, there's things that pop up on social media. Pray for this. Pray for that. And we kind of like are almost led by what the the world is doing or what's going on in the world. You got to remember, uh, God doesn't chase around the devil. He doesn't wait for the devil to start a fire. Quite often, Christians will will, will chase, and that's what. And and you go to pastors have got to be careful of this. It's like um, shift running at McDonald's. I I was once a shift runner at McDonald's, and I got told shift running is like spinning plates. You've just got to make sure they all keep spinning. And as pastors, we can we can try we can do that. We can try and just keep putting out fires, being chased by being led by the devil. But realistically, that's not how we're supposed to be led, is it? it we're led by the Holy Spirit. Romans um, talks about if we're children of God, we're led by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, you'll hear my voice. So we have to very clearly hear the Spirit of God's voice in order to live a life that is successful, a life that isn't draining, a life that is in the perfect will of God. We have to stay closely associated or closely connected to the, the perfect will of God as we, we can. It's, you know, I don't believe it's a tightrope. I believe it's, you know, you've got a, a pathway to walk on. You can be in the perfect will of God slightly left of center slightly right of center we can we can kind of there is there's a little bit of leeway but jesus did say narrow is the path that leads to happiness to leads to eternal life 
So we've got to be careful on that one as well. So um, I'm not trying to promote a message that Christianity, you have to be like looking over your back and waiting for God to beat you up because you made a mistake. No, that's what I'm trying to talk about. What I'm saying is that obeying the Bible and staying stuck with what the word of God says, stuck with how things are, are going, stuck with uh, the way things are moving forward. Um, we have to stick with that. We have to we have to focus on what the Word of God says in order to have clear leadership by the Spirit of God. In order to have the clear leadership of the Spirit of God, we've got to make sure we have the Word of God as our foundation. Jesus said it very clearly when he talks to to the the person building their house. If you build it on the foundation of the rock, the storms will come, and 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 the house will stay still, stand still. But if you build on a rocky found uh, a rocky or, or a sandy foundation, the winds will come and destroy the box. So if you if you only ever focus on trying to hear the voice of God in your spirit or hear the voice of God with your emotions or watch what the the spirit of God's doing across the world, you know a lot of people will jump around and follow after certain conventions or different. Oh, the spirit of God is revivals moving over there, so we'll fly over there to get something, and we'll fly over there to get something else. Well, the spirit of God needs to be real to you where you are. Exactly where you are, where I am right now, the Spirit of God is living inside me, breathing, working. The Father and, and, and the, the Son have made their home inside me as I obey the Word of God. See, the Word of God has to be that foundation for you. Because if you chase the devil or chase what the church world says is the Spirit of God, you end up being very confused and very tired and very drained. And we're talking about obeying the Bible, part two. And get well. We want to live a life that is uh, Psalms ninety one is a brilliant um, has a brilliant ending to it. My assistant put the washing on today, and um, it's very distracting. Psalm ninety one says in verse uh, fifteen, "When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life. Long life. We want long life in this life. We don't want to just bow out of our natural life, our, our, the way that we reach the world, the way that we connect to. We don't want to just bow out and go into eternity and." leave people behind wondering what's happened we want to reach people and we want to shine with the glory of god and we're going to uh, to put the victory message out there we need to put the victory message out there so that we don't allow ourselves to just dismiss what's going on around us with people friends and all that kind of stuff we we want to live a long life so that we can share the gospel that's the goal. You know, God will give us a successful life. Jesus said he'd come to give us abundant life. So it's not about just preaching the gospel all the time. Someone said, you know, preach the gospel always, but only when necessary, use words. The word, the word of God and the living, breathing word of God that lives on the inside of us will, will perpetuate health in our very body. And that's where I'm going with this. There's four secrets of health and eternal life in the Bible or coming from the passage of scriptures that we're going to use. And um, if you want to turn there, it's Proverbs 4, verse 20. And it's this is kind of like my go-to health scriptures. If I'm going to, you know, really kind of teach on this or 
uh, get excited about this. Obviously, we've got the Bible verses that say, you know, by his stripes we are healed. That's a fact. It's not something that we have to believe for in the sense of, you know, we're waiting for the promise to come. No, it's a fact. Now you are healed because Jesus died 2000 years ago and your healing will manifest as you believe that word of God. But there are sometimes I think in any realm of the Christian walk, we kind of go and get to a point where there's a problem and then we ask God for an immediate answer. But the problem took years to get to, or the problem was always there and we never dealt with it. And it's only now manifest like cancer and things like that can be in the body for years undiscovered and then suddenly flare up because 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 of whatever happens. And other diseases and things like that lay dormant in the human body and your DNA and all that kind of stuff. So when you wait for the manifestation of something to happen in your life before you deal with it, you become a, a, a very reactionary. Again, like like trying to put fires out. Every time someone starts a fire, you run over and try to put that one out. You don't want that in your life. You want consistency. You want um, eternal life and eternal uh health and divine health for what a better word see the early days of pentecostal uh movement um you have a lot of amazing teachers on these subjects like dr uh oh what's her name the yeoman dr yeoman i can't remember her first name but she's written a, an amazing book on healing back in the thing there's uh live by faith faith by mrs c newsom she was a, a fantastic uh, missionary that she and she had to believe God. So these people went on the missions field and they didn't have the NHS or the American health system or whatever health system you've got in your country. They didn't have that. They had to rely on the blood of Jesus and the word of the living God. And when we look at the, the word of God in, in Proverbs chapter four, it says here, my children in verse 20, pay attention to what I say. So when you're dealing with a child, what's the most frustrating problem? You tell them six times to do something. They go away. They do it wrong. Something goes wrong. And then they come back and ask for help. But if they listen to you the first time, like I had a bit of a, a, a an argument with my, no, no, sorry, not an argument, that's the wrong word, a little um, discourse with my, my eldest today because they were both weren't listening and I said, get dressed, get ready for school. Now my eldest went upstairs and tidied his room, did his bed, which is on his chores list. But he still lost the privileges of his iPad for today because I said to him, you didn't do what I said. You did what you thought I needed to, to do. You, you did something that was right, but you didn't do what I say first. What you should have done is done what I said first, obeyed what we, we said first, and then go and do it. Church life is exactly the same. Quite often we are doing what we think is right, or we're doing what God, we know that God expects. We're paying our tithes, for instance. We're doing all these kind of bits and bobs and say, God, we're doing. You see, but there's a scripture that says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So you could be very willing in certain areas. You can be very, even very obedient in certain areas. But if you don't hit both, if God's saying, yeah, okay, I'm glad you're tithing. Great. But I didn't tell you to tithe today. I told you to give, you give 2,000 pounds above your tithe, but you're tithing. Great. Thanks. But you haven't done what I've asked you to do. If God's talking you to give into this ministry, but you decide, well, I'm only going to give into my church because that's where I believe the money will be best done. And, they, and God's told me to give into my local church and stuff like that. Then you are being disobedient in one area to try and make up in another area. So my son was doing what he thought was right. He, he want, you know, I'm just getting on and doing something I want to do because I know it's right to do, but I'm going to ignore what was originally said to me. That's disobedience. 
And until the body of Christ realizes these things, that if they would just say, pay attention to what I say. See, we're too busy chasing after the next prophetic word. We're too busy chasing after the next uh, spectacular and supernatural kind of event. And we're not going back to what the word of God says. And we're crying out, God, show me what to do. God, show me what to do. God, show me what to do. But if we would just read our Bibles, nine times out of ten, we would hear what God's telling us to do right now. It's only when things go beyond the word of God. For example, when you're buying a car and you've got two cars there, there's one for 2,000 pounds, one for 5,000 pounds, and, and you're roaming and ahhing, and then you say, God, help me make the decision, and then you go with peace. That's fine. There isn't a Bible scripture to tell you what car to buy or what house to buy. But I tell you what it does say, that we'll have a peaceable habitation, that we'll have a good house filled with, your house will be filled with good stuff. So we can take the word of God and believe the word of God for our prosperity, believe the word of God for our health and healing. But when we don't obey the Bible in the first instance and we try and get, hear something from God, God's saying, well, I'm not talking to you right now about anything other than what I've said in, your, in, in my word. If you get the word, you will get the spirit. The word and the spirit coming together in this last end time is what's going to create a massive revival and see people baptized in the Holy Ghost, saved, delivered, set free. It's not going to be one without the other. You cannot teach the word of God without the spirit of God because it just becomes dry and boring. But you cannot preach the word of God, with, uh, sorry, the spirit of God without just blowing up. Things will just get messy. It's like I was talking to a pastor um, a few days ago, and we we're talking about controlled mess. There's okay with people having issues in their lives and, and God dealing with them and, and thinking, you know, manifestations of God's power and things like that. But it must be in the, the done decently in order, as Paul talks about. When one prophet starts to prophesy and another one starts to prophesy, the first one should stop. Paul's laid things out and there's things to be done decently in a church service. But there's also things to be decently done in order in your life. And the first place that we start, and I'm still on verse 1 of this, scripture, this passage. My child, pay attention to what I say. What are we? We're the children of God. We're not adults of God. Now we can mature and grow up and develop ourselves, but we're still children in God's eyes. God's been around for who knows how long, for eternity. And that doesn't compute in our human brains because we're so time focused. But my God has done so much for me. He's, he's created the heavens and the earth. I couldn't create a baby. I couldn't create a piece of dust with my faith, let alone uh, a universe or even like a mountain range or the rivers or how everything is so interconnected. You know, you go and sit in Alaska on a mountain and just chill and relax. People have said, talk, mentioned this and talked about this and you just basically connect with what's called so-called nature but nature reveals god romans says that even if you don't hear the gospel you could see god in nature you could see god all around us because of the interconnectivity of what he's provided for us and how he's done everything and and, and the life power and the life force that he's placed into us it's just it's such an awesome comprehension so in God's eyes, we are but children. We are but, but we don't know anything. For when Brother Hagen always used to say, when I, thought, when I start to know something, I'd start to see how much I don't know. 
And as the older you get, you begin to realize how much you are, you know, the younger ages, the teenage years, the early 20s, you're so cocky and you think you know everything. And you think you know how things work and you think things are going to just work out. And, there, but, but, you know, some people hit uh, the, the right vein and they just go for it and they see success really early on. But a lot of people who see success really early on lose it all to have to build it back up again. See, wisdom and the power of God and, and the anointing of God will help you do things and make sure that everything is in order and secure, protected. We are talking yesterday about obeying the Bible and like how Job was protected with a hedge of protection around him. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. How often when you tell a child to do something, and they said, I've done what you said. And you go and look and they've missed out some vital ingredient to what you said. Like step one, run the water. Step two, uh, get in the bath. Step three, get dry. You'll find that, <laughs> that you'll, the kid will run the bath and then be playing outside because he never got in the bath. He just ignored step two. Well, I've run the bath, Dad. I've done what you've asked me to do. I'm dry. But you didn't get in the bath. So. We need to understand this. This is so fundamental to us receiving health. I've got four secrets of health and eternal life. The first one is attend to my words. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. I think what it is, yeah, that's what it says in the King James. Attend to my words. Incline my ear unto your sayings. That's point two. Incline your ears. What does incline your ears? Listen carefully. To the words so you pay attention god says something and you go yes sir i'm listening i know i need to do that more yes sir i'm listening get a pen and piece of paper listen sit down write notes listen to what he's saying on the inside you listen to what he's saying on the on the way pay attention be at attention for when god's talking to you don't just read your bible with a, a nodding off mentality like that there will be times that you do that. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But there are times when you need to pay attention. Where you need to grab a hold and write things down. Like what I was the, the 11 points that I have for next week's messages. I wrote them down last night. I had to. I was so tempted just to turn the TV on. But no, I just kept going. Go, no, I'm going to keep getting through this. I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure that I get all the points that I need to do. So that next week I'm, I'm sorted and, I, and I've got a, a message to preach. Pay attention. And then point number two. So point number one, attend to my words. Four secrets of health and eternal life. Remember, we walk. Our goal is that long life. We are satisfied with long life, not short life, not deep, you know, a, a bit of a bit of life that is yay, and then the rest of the life, oh, I'm sick, I'm tired. No, we have long life that we're satisfied. The abundant life. And we live it more abundantly. We go out and have fun. I'm working on that. I want to go out and have more fun. Lockdown has uh, kind of crippled that in some, some areas of just being able to go out and just go crazy. But I'm working on it. Get back into that. Hallelujah. Incline your ears to my saying. What does that mean? Listen. Don't just pay attention. Don't just write notes. Listen. Listen with a submitted heart. Listen with a heart that is soft, that is breathable, that doesn't just hear the first line 
of what God said and then run off and do that. No, listens carefully to the words. Listens to the instructions, listens to point one, point two, point three. God, are you done? Is that it? Is that enough? Have I got what you told me to do? Listen carefully and don't interpret what the Bible says. When, when the Bible says something, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Don't think that, oh, that's the way of the righteous. So that means I have to get up at the crack of dawn just to see the, the sunshine rise up. And, and well, no, let's read what it says. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter and brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. Like, it's like the first gleam of dawn. It's a simile. It's not something that we have to do every day. We don't get upstairs and, up, up really early and make sure that we're in the dawn and then we see the whole day through and the sun's risen and suddenly we can go about doing it. No, it's like. That's how our life should be like, that it starts with a crack and a sliver of light and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter because we have more revelation. So you mean, see what I mean? You need to pay attention to what the Bible says. Nicodemus said, how could I be born again? How can I re-enter my mother's womb? Well, Jesus, well, hang on. That's n- I've not, never said that. The born-again salvation happens on the inside. You're transformed. Your stony heart is m- created a new heart. Don't ever say, God created me a new heart. Don't ever say that. Because if you are born again, spirit-filled, you have a new heart. It is clean. It is washed by the blood. It is alive unto God. It's got the very spirit of God living on the inside of you. How dare you say God changed that? (laughs) Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. You see, this is what this is where we've got something to do. We're paying attention. We're listening, listening carefully. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. I like what it says in the King James. It says, For they are for the words the word the words that I, I'm listening to, that I'm inclining to, are life unto those that find them in health to all their flesh. And I think um, in the cross reference is medicine to all your flesh. And uh, Dakes here has a definition of that word health, or has the definition. And it says, because um, just for you people out there freaking out and think think God doesn't heal your body, he only heals your spirit. It says here, it, this word mop or mape or whatever is translated health, healing, cure, remedy, sound in health, wholesome. And that bodily health and healing I referred to is clear in all these passages. Here it states health to all their flesh, not spirit. It doesn't say that in the, 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 um, the NLT. Bring life to, and healing. It says to their whole body. So the King James says to their flesh, which I think it's a bit of an old, older way of thinking about it. But it's quite strict in, in what it's saying. Flesh. Not just the spirit. When Christians awake to their full rights in the gospel, they can have health of body as well as health of soul. Remember, beloved, above all things, I wish that you be in health even and prosper, even as your soul prospers. John 3, uh, 3 John, verse 3 or 2. Point number three, secrets of health and eternal life. Continually look to God's word. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines 
the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Let's just go back to point number three. Continually. Continually look to God's word. Let's look at that in Psalms 1. I know I'm going on a bit longer today and I probably will today. Psalms 1, 2 to 3. But they that delight in the law of the Lord meditate on the word, the law, the, the, what God's given us day and night. They are planted like trees, planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves shall ne will never, sorry, I'm reading King James, but reading the NLT at the same time. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Continually, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. James chapter 1. So get James chapter 1, verse 21. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. We plant the word of God in our heart. Soul prosperity produces physical health and prosperity in our financial and social areas. Soul prosperity. So when you take the word of God, plant it in your heart, it has the power to just completely transform all your thinking, your actions and all that. So when we're attending to our words, we're paying attention. We're inclining our ears to his ear. We're paying attention to the details. We're listening carefully to what he says. And then we continually, as we do this, as we live our lives, as we take each step forward, we continually look to God's word. We continually put it in our hearts. We continually listen to what it's saying. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So you're after health and healing. Get in the word. Continually look at it because that will teach you what's right. And see, this is going back to the whole point of having order in your life. And, and there can be mess in a little bit because you're dealing with stuff. There can be things that need to be transformed and changed. But the reality is we walk in life through the word of God, paying attention to the word, inclining our ears to the word, and continually looking to God's word, we've got something so secure and rooted and grounded on the inside of us that we will never see defeat in sickness, against sickness and disease, poverty, lack, all those things. We're not going to see defeat in those areas because we know the word, because we have a foundation of the word. And we do the word. James said the faith without works is dead. So we need to do the word. We need to be a doer of the word, James says. We actively work it out. So what, what, how does that work? We pay attention to what it says, listen carefully, and put it in our hearts. And then as we put the, as we continually look to God's word, the fourth point is what I just said, keep the word of God 
in your heart. We guard our hearts above all else, for my heart will determine the course of my life. See, what's in my heart will come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in my heart, I need to continually put the word and keep the word in your heart. Romans 1, chapter, verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ or the word of God or what God says. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. That's the the power of the word in your heart. It's saving you. It's, It's the power of God at work. 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we have these four simple basic points, I, I love what it does in, in Proverbs chapter 4, 25 to 27. It, this is sums it all up. You see, we're, 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 we're allowing the word of God to bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole of our bodies. And it says in verse 25, as a, as a summary, as a, as a final point, as we go, go about our day today. I'm going to read a couple more no, notes in here in a second. Actually, let me just do this note, some of the Dakes notes. Above all, keeping, guard the heart from going astray, for out of it the, are the issues of life. The re- this reference is not only to the arteries which carry the blood to all parts of the body, but also to the evil and good deeds that come from the heart or center of man. When one keeps the heart from evil, it is an easy matter to obey the other commands of this passage. Guard your heart above else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And then if you look at Psalms 91, quickly. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He's wrapped his word of God. He's wrapped himself in the word of God. It's, it's all together. So when you step into the word of God, you're stepping into the shelter of the most high. That's why we can, you can read through that and not be afraid of sickness and disease. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold up you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. That is the wonderful place we live in and the place we, the, the, the shelter that we live in by obeying, simply listening to four secrets of health and eternal life. You know, everyone chases around after uh, the latest 
health craze, the fitness craze, the diet craze, the Cato this, this, that, and the other, and all that stuff. All that stuff, there's, there may be nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But until you get to the place where you live in this word of God, where you put the that you pay attention to what God says. You listen carefully to his words. If you don't have that as your foundation, all the dieting, all the stuff like that, you could get your body into fine-tuned position but have a horrible and bitter heart and die young. There are so many people that are, are in the health craze. I think the guy who promoted running died of a heart attack while running in his 50s. I, I, don't quote me on that one. I, I don't know his name and, and it's just a story I heard. But if it's true, and I think it is, you could put all of your efforts into financially accumulating huge amounts of wealth. You could put all of your effort into having the best family and having, you know, looking after your kids and blessing them and do everything. You could put everything into your career or your physical fitness, go running for miles every day and all that stuff. But if you don't have this down, you see the first step to eternal life and health is having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when the word of God is in your mouth and it is near you and you make Jesus Christ Lord, you make him yourself, you put him as your Savior, but not just as your Savior, his, your, he's, he becomes your Lord. And he's in charge and he's responsible for you. And you look to him. You look to the word. You look and you hear what he says. Then the word of God becomes life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So your eternal life becomes a life of success and victory based on something that is guaranteed to provide health and healing to your body. Life is good. Life is what we all desire. Eternal life, health, healing for your body. Start with obeying the word and you will get well. It's a guarantee. Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He was anointed. He taught on healing. He he taught on healing. Uh, he taught to the Pharisees and the power of, of God to heal was there present and when the people ripped open the roof and lowered this guy down he was being lowered into the presence of healing power when jesus is on the scene healing power is available for you and i healing power is available in our our spirits in our and and for our bodies healing power the anointing the burden removing yoke destroying power of the living god that's on the word on say a minister on on just you as a human being who's born again spirit filled You've got so much when you step on the word and, you know, when the, the anointing to heal, Brother Hagin always used to say that, that, you know, he would lay hands on the sick and people would get healed. But then the anointed would wane, it would lift off of him. But he would, that doesn't mean he would stop praying for people. He would pray for people based on the word alone. And if he could get them to believe the word of God, not I don't know what his success rate was specifically, but if you can get people to believe the word of God 100% of the time and they believe it, they will get healed. They will be made whole. Jesus said your faith made you whole. So if you can get your word, your faith, you're believing, you're focused on this word. Get it so built on the inside of you. Sickness and disease does not stand a chance. Pain in your body does not stand a chance. 
chance. I have to, when, when symptoms attack my body, I have to do this. I can't wait for my pastor to come around and pray for me. I can't call the elders of the church to, to, to come and pray for me. And, and they would, they, if I did, they would take probably a few hours to get there, maybe even a few days, depending on how busy they are. But I can believe the word of God now. I can take authority over my body now. I can let the word of God bring life to me now and healing to my body now. I guard my heart above all else. I know that it determines the course of my life. I allow the spirit of God and the word of God to work in my body. I allow the presence of God to flow free. I allow his word to work in my life on a day-to-day basis. I remove mountains by the words of my mouth. I have the God Kind of faith. I am victorious. I have greater one living on the inside of me than he that is in the world. I am more than an overcomer. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No sickness and disease. I look unto him, the author and finisher of my faith, the high priest of my confession. I have Jesus Christ, the healer, living on the inside of me. He sent his word and it heals me. He sent his word and it makes my body strong. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings of eagle they the young men may fail they the old men may not not make it but the power of god energizes and lifts us up and causes us to soar on wings as eagles the word of god works stick at it obey it listen to it be willing be obedient eat the good of the land for god will work through your life God will do something special and you can do it healed, whole and well. This has been Feel Good Friday. Have a great weekend. The weather was lovely when I started and now it looks like it's gone cold again. I, I don't get this. Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, you may say, well, if Jesus is coming back soon, why do you want to have eternal life and health? You know what? This stuff is worth believing now. Why wait to get to heaven to have 100% health? Let's just keep going, keep believing, keep trusting. Share the broadcast. I've got a lot, uh, gone on a lot longer than I normally do. But I, I, I wonder sometimes if I need to just keep going for a bit longer. I'm very quick to finish. But let's um, continue next week, Tuesday, 9 a.m. live. Uh, today, later on, it'll be on replay, this one. Um, subscribe podcast is a great way to subscribe I, I love Spotify and Apple Podcasts and things like that, I love listening to podcasts could go, go for a walk and just listen have a great day enjoy your time with your family or, or whatever you're doing um, and I'll talk to you soon, bye bye